All right, Justin, I need you to sing me a song that's kind of like a sequel to a song, but it's pretty much the same song. <laughs> oh, dang. There are so many, like, remixes of songs. Oh, no, not a remix. I'm drawing a blank. Not a remix. A sequel song. But that song. seems to fit the bill. A sequel song. A sequel song. There are a few of those out there. There are a few, right? Like, Men in Black has one, right? That was the one I thought of. Yeah. Um, there's Slipknot's Vermilion and Vermilion Part 2. Um, uh, Usher did that song that's in two different parts. Confessions yeah. 1 and 2 yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, Confessions 1 and 2. There's, Those were great songs. And even though I hate it, Metallica has Unforgiven and Unforgiven 2. See? God, I hate Unforgiven 2. <laughs> it's a terrible song. One day I'm going to do a whole solo slayers, and it's just going to be about that stupid-ass song. Aren't you a fan of Metallica, though? Yes. And that's why it pains me so much that that song exists. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It's kind of like how movies like this pain me that they exist. Hey. I'm not even that negative on it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm really not that <laughs> negative on it. You sound like you're more just bored than negative. Bored? I don't know if bored's the right word. I would, I would guess... Indifferent? It, um, I would say uninspired. Okay. I guess would be the terminology I would use, but start the episode. Hey, Cine fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. It is Sterling, Heather, and Justin. I don't, why do I need to figure out a better way to say everybody's names? Cause it always, I, I never like how I say it. So it always fucks me up when I say it. But it's us three, again, here to do an episode about Zombieland Double Tap. We will talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between. And we're going to start with the man that didn't end up singing us any songs. He just said a lot of them. Justin. <laughs> Dang, man. The hate is real. Uh, but anyway, what did I like about Zombieland Double Tap? Well, um... Uh, overall, um, I walked out genuinely, I guess you could say, satisfied with this film. Um, didn't have too much of a problem with it. I mean, pretty much if you've seen the first movie, the the presentation and the way that this film kind of paces and sets itself is is a lot like the first film. You still get the narrations by Jesse Eisenberg's character, Columbus. A lot of it is narrated by him. There's still the uh, overabundance or over-reliance on his rules and how he kind of, um, and the, and this list of rules that he has to adapt to the 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 new America filled with zombies and everything like that. The, this film is still very meta and it's very comedic. And if you remember that kind of style from the first one, you're going to feel right at home. In a lot of ways, it almost didn't even feel like a sequel more than it just felt like a Zombieland uh, Part B or anything. I mean, it it, it literally picks up right where we left off. I mean, the only thing you could say is that 10 years have passed and we're still with these, with this same set of characters and they're still just trying to survive after this zombie outbreak has broke out and now zombies are evolving. So they're supposed to be, so they're faster. They're, they're getting smarter. There's the, they have labels and names for these smarter faster zombies like the ninja and it's a zombie that sneaks around and then they have the the ones called the t-800s which are the toughest ones to kill and that's a terminator reference but they label those as t-800s here because they're tougher to kill and stuff like that so it really does in that in that way kind of feel like when you get like an expansion pack to a video game or like a DLC for a video game where it's like, oh, it's got, uh, oh, it's got new weapons and a couple of new characters and more monsters. That That is pretty much what this movie is. I mean, honestly, when you think about it. So, you know, take it or leave it in that regard. But I think all the performances are still solid here. I think Woody Harrison as Tallahassee, who's kind of like our 
our older character, our veteran, our leader, he's still just as good as ever in this. I mean, he just, there are just so many funny lines or just the way he delivers uh, lines for this character. I mean, you know, he just had me laughing at things that he would say or things that he would do or how he would react to certain things. Um, I, I talked about Jesse Eisenberg a little bit. Of course, he shows up here and um he's still great as columbus in this and you know trying to figure things out and trying to improve his relationship with wichita emma stone's character um and emma stone is good here too uh of the original cast the only one i thought either didn't get to do much or didn't show up much in my opinion was abigail breslin i mean i think she did have a couple of scenes that were cool but overall man i just kind of found her role in this and her performance in this kind of forgettable and some of that was because they the the other characters were chasing her in a sense she is looking for love and has run off with this other character named berkeley um uh and um so she's run off with him and is um and feels like she's falling for him and so they go off to try to find this um kind of like this hippie wonderland place oh man i forget what it was called in the film what the place was called but that babylon ah that's right babylon i can't believe how could i forget that but yes they were going to try to find babylon so the other characters when they feel like she's up and flown the coop uh they're, they're trying to find her so that's kind of the reason why she's not in the movie much um so but but for the most part all of these performances are respectable it is what you expected in the the first movie however i'd be remiss if i didn't talk about the incomparable madison this valley girl dits blonde character that 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 winds up being one of the survivors that uh that Columbus discovers along the way and she winds up kind of joining our familiar cast of heroes on this journey uh, to try to find Little Rock, uh, Abigail Breslin. And this this performance uh, by Zoe, and I hope I don't butcher this name, by Zoe Deutsch? Deutsch? Deutsch. Deutsch. Okay. Zoe Deutsch. Okay. I'm glad one of you guys could pronounce it, but cool. But her... <laughs> But like her, she was great in this. Honestly, I, I really feel like overall she stole the movie. I think that she was like the she was kind of that new element, that new character that this kind of needed. Her interactions with the rest of the cast and her interactions with Woody Harrelson and Emma Stone and all of them, just it, the, the, that felt fresh and that felt like something new because she it was the first time we had seen them interact with someone like this. And just the way that Zoe goes about playing this character it really for me she was hilarious i thought that a lot of her scenes just stuck out to me and there's a point in the movie where you kind of think that this character dies and 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 for that time that she was not with the cast i began to miss her like there was there was legit times where i was like man dude this is like not as strong when she's not in it and even though i'm not a fan of that kind of ditzy character of course it's been done a lot of course we've seen it before but it was just but, but it was great here the lines they gave her the comedic timing how the other characters interacted to her she really just made a difference in this movie and i think that one of the things that you can say about sequels is that I, I think that the mark of any good sequel, or at least when you look at some of the better ones, is that they typically do introduce a new character or concept, and 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 that whatever they introduce, it makes the film kind of feel fresh, but they still got to keep into the original, uh, uh, keep it within the spirit of the original material that they set forth in the first one. And she is that in this movie. Like, like when you just think about other examples, you know, like I think about Terminator 2 and Aliens, like Terminator 2, having us see have an older teenage john connor and introducing him and this relationship with 
the 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 Arnold Terminator, the T eight hundred. Those were fresh concepts that weren't in the first one, but we got to kind of have those concepts, but we still were in the spirit of what the Terminator was, being chased by this unstoppable killing machine. So you have that. In Aliens, I think about the Newt character that Sigourney Weaver is protecting in that movie, the little girl that she befriends and cares for and kind of has to protect in that movie. It added a new element to Aliens and things like that. And when you think about a lot of sequel movies, there's probably something like this that you can find. So I definitely think Madison is that in this movie. Because other than that, the film pretty much plays to similar beats of the first one even starting with uh we were just talking about metallica earlier well the first movie opens with the metallica song and a bunch of action happening and this movie opens with the metallica song and a lot of slow-mo action and stuff like that and like i said it follows the same kind of narrative beats so she was something that really stood out and made it different but overall um, n nothing too much happens that's revolutionary in this movie. The, the movie knows what it is. It doesn't take itself seriously. It's extremely comedic. It doesn't try to be something that it's not. And, uh, especially coming after, after something, after watching something as gloomy as like Joker, where it was really just kind of dark, seriously toned and everything like that. It, it was nice to kind of see something a little bit lighter and something a little bit funnier and not so serious. So overall, those are the things that I enjoyed about the film. Heather, your turn. Yeah, I mean, I definitely 100% agree about Madison, uh, Zoe Deutsch. I, I'm, I'm the same way where those characters in general, they're not usually my favorite, but she was hilarious in this. She really had some scenes where she was so great in it. Um, fun fact, not sure if you guys know, that's Leah Thompson's daughter. Um, Leah Thompson from Back to the Future, that's her daughter, which kind of makes sense because she looks a little bit like her when she was younger. Oh, okay. But anyway, she, yeah, she, she was great. Like I've, I feel like I've seen her in a lot of things lately. Um, she's on a lot of Netflix stuff and, um, she's on that new politician show. She's in a lot of stuff right now, but she, this was by far my favorite thing I've seen her in. She was so funny in it. So, um, I really enjoyed her character. Um, for me overall, this movie, I'm kind of the same. I left it pretty, you know, feeling pretty good about it. Um, the opening sequence I thought was really good because they went right into explaining the new types of zombies that were out there. Um, more, a little bit more on that in the dislikes, but um, the fact that they, they added that element and they kind of went right into saying, okay, so this is what's been new in the past 10 years. So uh, that was cool. And then just the opening sequence of when they, when they first make it to the White House and they, they're just like killing all these zombies in the field and stuff. Like that was just a really cool opening scene to the movie. I thought that was done well. Uh, the cinematography of that was really cool. And the music they played with it was cool. So I enjoyed that. Um, I really also liked that they had um, the, just the more developed relationships between the characters, which I think that's pretty common when you have sequels or uh, things where you, you've been seeing them for a while. You get to see more of these characters together. Um, so I, I enjoyed the dynamic in this better because instead of them, you know, fighting each other and trying to be, you know, standoffish against each other, they're a family now, 10 years later. And it was just a cool dynamic when they still have they still have their rough around the edges type things for all of them pretty much. But it was just kind of it was a different type of dynamic between them this time because they were like a family that would fight all the time instead of just people that hate each other and have to tolerate each other because they're the only ones alive. So I thought that was a, a, a cool development that they did with this. And for me, I don't know, like I, I thought about this because I I recently saw Zombieland again, well, for the first time, actually, not too long ago. And I was like, this is good. Like, this is really, this is a fun and enjoyable film. And I I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't know if I thought that this one was as funny as the first one, but then I thought about it and I think I had a lot more moments where I laughed out loud in this one than I did in the first one. So um, I just think that certain moments in it were done really well and yeah i just i feel like i laughed more um 
in this one. So, and I also really, one of my favorite parts about this movie was the supporting characters, pretty much all of them. I mean, we talked about Madison, obviously, but the doppelgangers were hilarious. Um, Luke, Luke Wilson and uh, Middleditch, Thomas Middleditch, I think, um, playing like the counterparts of uh, Columbus and Tallahassee, like just that, that was so funny. And it was just really well done, especially the scene when they're comparing their rules and their commandments that they have for how to survive. And it was just really entertaining to see that interaction between them. And I thought it was kind of funny that they both had counterparts that were very much the same. And then um, Emma Stone's character didn't have one, but the only other new female they brought in was completely the opposite of her. So I thought that was kind of funny that they did it that way. Um, But... Yeah, I also really liked Rosario Dawson as Nevada. I thought she was really badass in this movie. I really liked her character a lot. So um, it, I think she also added a really a, a great deal to this this one, uh, just because you know she's a little bit of a love interest for Woody Harrelson's character, but also just how she comes in and sort of saves the day and just completely fearless and she was just a really great counterpart or a really great match for Tallahassee because that's like his dream woman and it was just funny to see their interactions together as well um I also like that it wasn't overly long because it didn't need to be you know it was it was a shorter film they told the story they needed to tell they didn't have to add a lot of fluff and I really enjoyed how they paced the film because it's short enough to where it keeps your attention the whole time. Like with zombie stuff, especially because there's so much of it these days, sometimes it can drag out or it can seem a little redundant. And not that it wasn't redundant because there's not much you could do when you're just killing zombies and trying to find ways to survive them. But it just, it keeps it fresh enough to where um, you're not, you don't feel like they're repeating anything else that they were doing in the movie earlier. So I appreciated that aspect of it, especially because, like I said, they do have so many zombie related things out these days to where trying to find anything that's more original and telling a zombie apocalypse story. I feel like it's hard to do that in general. And just the way that they handled that was, I thought was really well done. Um, and I really liked the action sequences. I thought they were, they were fairly strong. Like, um, like I said, the, when the opening scene, when they're getting to the white house, when Nevada comes crashing in with the huge monster truck and like kills all these zombies. Um, the, the cool scene when the doppelgangers, you know, turn into zombies and they're fighting the other characters and kind of like the revolving cameras that they do into each room when they're fighting and trying to survive. I thought that was done really well, made it fun. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah, so overall, I think it, I mean, I, I kind of figured it would be very similar to the first one, and that's not a bad thing. Um, there were some things I liked better in this, and there were some things I didn't, but overall, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm a little different than you guys. I wouldn't necessarily say that I was satisfied walking out of this. I would say I was I was fied. I wasn't satisfied. I was just fied. Yeah. When it was all said and done. Um, I will say that I did like the performances uh, pretty much from everybody. I thought everybody gave solid performances, whether or not I liked their characters as a whole, their story. But I did like the performances, even the characters I didn't like. The people did a good job of portraying that character. <laughs> I did I, I did really like the addition of, of Nevada. I, I liked that that female counterpart to uh, Tallahassee. I, it, it added a little bit to it. Uh, when Also, whenever they... Luke Wilson's character was added then on top of that I liked that dynamic between them two and just the quips that Rosario Dawson's character was throwing back at them uh, I thought that was really well done uh, I liked the fact that uh, I, I mean for the most part I liked a lot of the way this this movie was shot I think it, it does have some really good uh, looking shots with how they handled a lot of those things and uh, you know that slow-mo intro they do which is kind of played out because it's very much that Zack Snyder way of fighting but it fits this i feel a little better than it does when Zack snyder kind of shoehorns it shoe uh shoehorns it into everything you mm-hmm. know because you got some of that in like sucker punch and batman versus superman and, you know sin city and 300 and or not 300 or not sin city i'm sorry uh it was uh, one other fucking movie he did uh watchmen 
That's what I meant. Um, that kind of like slow mo fighting and stuff like that. I mean, he shoehorns it into everything, no matter how, like what it actually, if it even goes with the movie or not. And this, at least for the intro sequences, it really worked. I did like, I liked the way they did the introduction to this. Um, I'm not typically a fan of things going super meta, but. It, it seemed to fit a little bit into this with him talking about how, you know, uh, you know, you have your choice of zombie related content, you know, thank you for uh, spending your time on us and all this other stuff uh, that just seemed to fit in this movie. So it didn't bother me like it typically does in a lot of things. Um, I also, and this is a real, real small detail that I don't know how many people notice, but when they're all sitting in the what the hound dog hotel or whatever the fuck or heartbreak hotel or whatever and after the two doppelgangers fight with the zombies outside right before they turn um thomas middleditch uh emma stone and uh what's the nerdy fucker's name i don't remember jesse eisenberg <laughs> yeah that guy i don't fucking remember um they were actually all playing magic the gathering <laughs> i didn't notice around that. that table i was i saw they were all playing a card game and i really started focusing on it and then i noticed the backs of the cards i was like yep they're playing some magic <laughs> i did kind of appreciate that because it kind of makes me it, it made me then start to think who brought the cards was it thomas middleditch or jesse eisenberg's characters and i was thinking about it like the more i thought about that scene it had to be jesse eisenberg's character because emma stone's character is also playing so I'm going to assume based on her character arc from the first movie, she wasn't an MTG player growing up. <laughs> so the reason why she knows how to play is because her and Jesse Eisenberg have played that game. Hmm. Yeah. And Thomas Middleditch's character just knows how to play. So he was like, yeah, let's go. You know, uh, I guess, I guess, I mean, they could be playing multiple formats. I mean, you can do a 1v1v1. Uh, or they could just be a smaller version of Commander. That seems to make a little bit more sense because Commander is designed to be a little bit more multiplayer. So that's what I'm going to assume they were playing. They were playing a three-person Commander match, which if you're in the Chicagoland area and you want to challenge me, I've got a pretty awesome uh, green and black Commander deck. Uh, so, you know, come at me at your own risk. <laughs> um and and to to go back more into the actual movie and stuff like this uh i did for the most part like that uh monster truck scene um it, it was kind of a good way to end like to ultimately end the running gag they had throughout the movie of them constantly having to be in the the minivan for whatever reason you know whether it was they blew the tires on the rv or you know, somebody stole their car at the beginning and, and stuff like that. Or they don't know how to drive a monster truck. Um, I That was, to me, the funniest gag in that movie. It's just, and it was the way Woody Harrelson yeah. sold it. Because he was just, <laughs> oh, so defeated. Right. And it, it really looked at like it on his face. He legitimately looked like his soul was crushed every time they went to that car. And <laughs> yeah, I liked it th th so much so that... At the legitimate first chance that they could completely abandon it, he blows it the fuck up. Right. Like, yeah, that was funny. He's like, yes, we do not need this car no matter what grenade. And I thought that, that was that was just a really funny way of playing it. And then the reason why I see the monster truck is like the ultimate into that gag is because now he can be in the monster truck and it's just Nevada driving it. You know, he doesn't have to work. And, you know, she can teach him, you know. He can just still not have to worry. I mean, not that it was a worry at that point anyway, but he was just in a vehicle that, you know, is very much a type of vehicle Tallahassee would want to drive around in. Um, that and Elvis's uh, convertible. But um, no, I did. I really I really liked that aspect of it. Um, anything else, guys, before we move uh, on? No, just you talking about uh, some of those things just made me think of more things I kind of appreciate. And one thing I can just appreciate, just I guess this is more of like a pacing thing or just, I guess, decisions that they made with the narrative is that I never felt like any of the any of the gimmicks or any of the characters that they introduce overstate their welcome like like we like we were talking about how entertaining the doppelganger character was were like Luke Wilson but what I liked is is that even though that was funny for those scenes and everything like that they didn't stay the whole movie you know they came in they had some good parts they had some effective scenes and then the movie got rid of them same kind, same kind of thing with Madison. Like they introduced her, she had all these interactions with the cast and everything like that, and then they took her out for a little bit. 
so they could focus on your main characters and then they inserted her back in like towards the end and stuff like that so even though i do feel like she stole a lot of scenes they then removed her for a little bit so that they could so that you could kind of focus back on your lead characters then they needed another distraction so it was like okay here are these doppelganger characters we're going to have interactions with them and rules versus commandments and stuff like that and then they got rid of those characters and then it was back to the just your main cast of characters and then like you like you said and then Nevada you know she was in it for a little bit in that part and then she she was gone and then she comes back at the end and has the big monster truck so i think that narratively a lot of good decisions were made when it came to the newer elements i didn't feel like anything overstayed its welcome in that regard so they just made a lot of decisions narrative wise because sometimes i feel like in other movies some of those elements tend to overstay their welcome or after a while it becomes tired or but i felt like they got rid of something before it became tedious so i just wanted to say that that's kind of how i felt you know it's just looking at the narrative overall yeah and, and that oddly enough reminded me of something else no i and i it's it's parroting heather but um no the briskness of this movie the it, it being an hour and a half long it uh really really does benefit this movie because like you said, Justin, like any of the new characters weren't even really allowed to uh, overstay their welcome just for the sheer fact that this movie kind of just kept going. Um, and I, I really appreciate that because so many times movies end up being longer than they need to be. I feel like there are more movies that are longer than they need to be than movies that are too short. Especially lately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lately, that's the biggest fucking problem with movies is every movie they're like, oh, we need at least nine hours worth of fucking movie. <laughs> And it's mind-boggling. Right. And, I mean, this movie feels like, even with deleted scenes, there's maybe, like, an hour and 45 minutes of, you know, content completely ever edited and shot. Um, it just, they did a really good job with the pacing and kind of just keeping it going. Uh, because that's where, that's where properties like this kind of, like, stall. I mean, that was kind of the downfall of The Walking Dead, is it ends up feeling like it dragged out, like it's stalled. And so every time they try to move forward or to do something big again, it just kind of feels like you're going forward to a big moment just to slow back down again. You know, it never feels like it maintains a steady pace. And especially whenever it's like a fight for survival and stuff like that, that pace really helps that come across. You know, when you're a little bit more frantic and always on the move and constantly uh, doing stuff, it, it, it gives you that sense of urgency that people that would be in a zombie apocalyptic world it it puts you more in their mentality so i think that really kind of helps help seal that up yeah that's a good point so now on to the dislikes i kind of wish i had like an ominous tone button i can hit it's like boom 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 fuck this movie's too much <laughs> like the first one it really is <laughs> it just follows it too much and i know Justin went you went on that like hour and 27 minute rant about how much you loved madison <laughs> I fucking hated that character. <laughs> I fucking hated her. I hated Berkeley. I ultimately still kind of hated the doppelgangers. The only new thing in this movie I liked was Rosario Dawson's character. I hated the idea of that Babylon community. I hated all of that. And they all did fantastic jobs of portraying those characters. <laughs> like that Zoe, whatever, you know, Sprechenzi Deutsch or whatever the fuck her name is. She did a fantastic job playing the character of Madison. But let's be real for a second. The character Madison dies five minutes into the zombie apocalypse. Right. <laughs> let's also be real. The character Berkeley dies four minutes and 30 seconds into the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with no weapons. Every single one of those motherfuckers at Babylon died 30 seconds before it started. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come the fuck on. This universe is self-aware enough that they call them zombies and those motherfuckers shoot off fireworks. Right. Come the fuck on. George Romero's Land of the Dead came out before theoretically this movie would have, the zombie apocalypse would have started. So, and this world seems to at least have mimicked our world up until that point. Therefore, they would have known that you use fireworks to draw zombies to you or to distract you from what they you're immediately around come the fuck on that is the stupidest fucking thing in the world and how can you be a pacifist in general in a zombie apocalypse yes. you can't talk your way of fuck 
like from a fucking zombie. How can you be as stupid as Madison's character was? Living in a freezer, talking about how it's fucking cold, yet somehow a stray zombie doesn't accidentally (laughs) murder you? And on top of that too, I knew she was having an allergic reaction in that first scene because of the way, like when she died quote unquote because of the way they were doing with her eyes and stuff like that how the fuck do you spontaneously get over an allergic reaction like that yeah and have like a perfect face yeah yeah when you're you're going through an allergic reaction where you're actually in what is it like anaphylaxis or whatever the fuck it's called you're dying your airway is closing and you're dying and yet somehow she was like oh no I just sneezed on a pine cone or whatever the fuck she said. And she was like, I'm fine now. Like, come the fuck on. Like, she's the character that didn't know nuts were in trail mix. And you're telling me when she's living in a mall off whatever food supplies are left in a mall, you're not going to tell me she didn't accidentally eat 97 nuts already? Come the fuck on. Like, I understand It's all played up for comic effect and all this other stuff. But that's a real big drag in the movie where every fucking character they add to the movie shouldn't fucking be there. None of them are living 10 years into the fucking zombie apocalypse, you know. And, you know, with the exception of the doppelgangers, which, like I said, that you know, they did great performances and stuff like that. But all the fucking air was sucked out of those fucking scenes by the fact that they introduced that aspect of them being doppelgangers in the trailer. Yeah. The whole point of that gag is that they're doppelgangers almost to a t except ultimately that luke wilson and thomas Middleditch's characters are just not as effective at killing zombies or at least the t-800 zombies that um jesse eisenberg and uh woody harrelson's characters are you know and that's the end of that gag is they're just not as good and they become zombies and like I said, it's just the, the the scene comes across so fucking deflated because you just know exactly what it is. You know, going into that scene and then when they're going out there and they're like, yeah, we'll go take them on just us. You know, they're fucking going to die. So it's just even more deflated at that point. Or like, you know, you know, they're going to turn like everything about it just is instantly so deflated because of that. And I did mention, right, that the uh, entire idea of a fucking pacifist community, fuck off. <laughs> Like, how the fuck are they even building the walls to that shit? They would be making a ton of fucking noise. They'd be getting zombies heading their fucking way. And you're going to tell me that they, like, just pushed them away lightly with a fucking stick and kept building some walls? Come the fuck on. Just the entire idea that is just fucking offensive down to my core. (laughs) That they thought that that was just a reasonable idea to fucking put in this movie. But that's what this movie kind of just did a lot of. It gave us some good ideas and then, or just gave us some ideas. I can't even say good ideas. They just gave us some ideas that ultimately either don't make sense or B, that they don't even really fucking do anything with. Like, they go into that deep zombidex at the beginning talking about the homers and the, the hawkings and the, the ninjas and all this other shit. Just to have a gag about two homers randomly in the movie, apparently that was a fucking hawking that was climbing up on the fucking RV. I don't think that a ninja showed up at all in the movie outside of that. Yeah. And then what were the rest of the regular zombies? Are all the rest of the regular zombies all just Hawkings? Or are they all ninjas? Like, what the fuck were the regular zombies? Because it said they became three zombies. Yeah, and the one that was on that bus that got to Columbus, that actually probably should have been a ninja. I think that would have made more sense. Fuck, for all I know, it could have been. Who fucking knows? That's the thing is they really did nothing outside of pointing out homers and T-800s outside of that, you know? And then like the T eight hundreds, the the first encounter when they have what they have with one, it dodges some fucking bullets. That's not the, the, so the origin story of the fucking T eight hundreds that they had to hunt more because they were in you know in middle America, so there's more open land with less people. So they had to hunt more so they're stronger and faster and smarter. That doesn't mean that they're going to know how to dodge bullets. That's not something you're going to run across in the open plains. Like, so that adaptive ability that they showcase literally the first time you see one makes zero fucking sense. And then on top of that, the whole, well, you still got to destroy the brain and all this other stuff. How the fuck is a bullet to the head still not doing it? It's not like they're actually evolving to the fact that like they're developing a thicker bone structure in the front of their skull to deflect bullets better. No, it's not that type of evolution to where they're physically fucking changing over millennia and generations of genetic change. It's all fucking mental changes, if you want to even call it that. And yet somehow they're able to dodge bullets and 
and, and survive headshots. Like that makes no sense either. Like they had to be stronger and faster and, 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 and smarter to survive on the planes. That doesn't make their brains sm- like more durable. Like you can't sit there and go to a fucking what planet fitness to work out your brain to make it more susceptible to damage. That's not how anything fucking works. I mean, it's cool for a scene and all, but then outside of that scene, the the, the logic and the, the justification behind it instantly falls apart. They would still be zombies. They would still be destroying the brain. So it just completely just takes me out of it every time, like when they want to revolutionize a zombie movie by introducing something that's not in a movie before. And ultimately it's just convoluted bullshit. I mean, I when they were talking about T-800s or these stronger, faster zombies, man, dude, I thought we were going to get something like a tyrant or a fucking nemesis from fucking Resident Evil, like a big Goliath fuck or something where the disease mutated and like actually mutated the body and all this other stuff where it had like a tentacle arm or some shit. I thought we were actually <laughs> going to get a grotesque monster of a behemoth. And no, we just got some motherfuckers that looked the same that felt the need to unbreak their necks. Like, why the fuck would a zombie care if their necks broken? Like, that makes zero fucking sense on top of that. They wouldn't even feel it. It wouldn't affect them in the slightest. They'd still keep on keeping on. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird too, because like, how do you like how how does it determine who's what kind of zombie? You know, like because I guess it it kind of alluded to Flagstaff turning into a T eight hundred or whatever, but um, it's like kind of like okay, so how do we determine who's what and why are they what they are? You know. Well, I mean, I guess that would be based on what kind of zombie bit you type of situation. But then that's still not really how anything works. Because if these zombies are physically modified because of how much harder like it was to survive on the planets for even being a zombie, that's not going to transfer via a fucking virus. Like I said, the logic behind it instantly falls apart. And so then it just becomes changing shit for the sake of changing shit without really any depth or smartness. Well, under the guise of smartness, like it's trying to play these off as like, you know, a new type of zombie lore or something like that, like something that they developed and put thought into. And then you think about it for five fucking seconds and then it's just utter bullshit. Like when you try to create a universe that you're trying to make specifically your own and stuff like that, you can't create these things and then just kind of go away from it instantly like how the fuck do homers survive if they get distracted by fucking butterflies when there's people around they go oh a butterfly or when they're running by people just standing around they just keep running straight and off the fucking side of a building what the fuck was that like he was so far behind everybody else he wouldn't have even known that the other zombies ran off the the building like it was fucking the nes game lemmings he'd have no fucking clue that that's what happened and yet that's what they made him do and also with how fast all those other zombies were running around and all this other stuff how the fuck was that homer zombie actually in that pack it obviously couldn't keep up for shit so did it just run in an entire straight line and then happen to end up inside the compound and then happen to end up in the doorway and then happen to figure out to keep just running up the stairs. And then when it got out the stairs, it just decided to keep running straight because it had no idea that it could eat any of the people just standing there. They weren't even making that barricade anymore. They were all just standing around. And then that's what happened. And that reminds me too. What the fuck was that barricade idea? How the fuck are these zombies smarter, faster, and stronger? And they didn't realize, oh, there's people just standing behind lawn chairs (laughs) right next to me. Or a hubcap. Or a fucking steering wheel from a bus. Like, you're telling me that those zombies aren't going to just go, oh, hey, that's food right there. Let me just grab that fucker. Like their fingers and their 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 selves were just inst like exposed left and right. And like none of the zombies even like turned and looked at them. They all just went, Nope, we're smarter. We're keeping our eye on the prize. So all one thousand of us can eat that one fucker. You know, that smart math fucking zombie shit. <laughs> 
Like it, it just, anytime they had a good idea, it was almost like they went, Hey, all right, you know how we had that good idea. And the other guy, cause it's two guys that wrote this. They went, Hey, I have this good idea. And that guy goes, man, that's a good idea. And he's like, yeah, we should put that in the movie. And then they put it in the movie. And then the other guy goes, Hey, you remember that good idea you had earlier? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, what if we fuck it up a little bit and make it not as good? And then the first guy went, yes, that's an even better idea. And that's what they did throughout this movie. Just constantly, even the end. With all that Bill Murray shit, it's good in theory. Fuck, it didn't matter. Like, it's a good idea. And then also, what the fuck was that shit about them, like, everybody knowing how he killed Bill Murray? Yeah. Like, what the fuck was that? There's not Twitter. There's not fucking Facebook and shit. How the fuck does anybody in the world outside those four people know what happened to Bill Murray? Right. I get that it's just supposed to be a gag, but fuck. It's a stupid gag because, like I said, once you think about it for one second, you go, oh, it makes zero sense. It's enough to make you giggle and then go, wait, what? Maybe that's what this movie was. This movie was just full of moments that you were like, oh, that's cool. Wait, no, it's not. It's just instant realizations that it's just a fucked up stupid thing. And this movie just ultimately had a lot of those scenes. Heather, what did you not like (laughs) about this movie? Yeah, I mean, a big part of it for me was also the they didn't use those zombie types like they should have like they they could have done a lot with those in this movie to make it a little bit more suspenseful or something with it because you're right like they went into this whole thing about these different types of zombies and how they're more advanced and all these things and then yeah they didn't use that at all like the ninja was nowhere except for in the opening sequence um and they yeah they all just kind of seemed like they were either regular zombies or uh, T-800s, you know, like there there wasn't a whole lot of in-between and the only reason that they that, well, not the only reason, but the only time that they showed a Hawking necessarily was when it was on that bus and it's like, well, how do you know that's a Hawking? Like, it's not doing anything particularly smart to let you know that it is. It just climbed up on top of a bus and ran after a human. Like it just, it was kind of like, how do you distinguish that? And yeah, so they, they really missed some opportunities there to use those different zombie types to bring more suspense or add, you know, a different element than they, that they could have added into it. Um, I also like, it was just kind of a weird, like how I, I liked how the characters and their relationships developed, but also with the whole thing where you know, Wichita and Little Rock, they leave. And it's like, well, they spent 10 years together. And then Wichita just freaks out and decides, all right, well, I'm just going to up and leave, you know, because she got scared or whatever. And it's like, it, it almost felt like everyone was indifferent about that. It's like, well, there was this whole buildup and the whole thing in the first movie was about, you know, them getting together. And then in this one, they've been together for all this time. And then all of a sudden it was like all right well i'm i'm over it after a few weeks and now i've moved on and it's just kind of like it, it just felt like a little more indifferent than i think it should have been but also they didn't really do a whole lot of you getting a, a lot of insight into their relationship at that point before they split off it was kind of like you saw the one scene where you know they're talking about marriage and whatever but then Beyond that, you don't really see much of where they're currently at in their relationship or seeing that part of it as much. So it just kind of made it a little bit more like, why should we care more about the fact that they split up? But also, why didn't we try to make it more impactful if that was going to happen? It was it was very weird. But yeah, so I didn't really care for how that was necessarily handled. Um, but beyond that, also... With the doppelgangers, also, I do, because you're right, they did put a lot of that that whole thing into the, the trailer, the previews of it, and I feel like they should have had more about the doppelgangers. I thought they should have maybe been in the movie a little bit longer than they were, just to get a little bit more funny stuff out of it that we didn't already see was happening from the previews. Um, yeah, and I just think... Mostly with this, like nothing just really stood out. Um, again, not to copy or parrot too much, but like Sterling was saying, where it was like it was so much like the first one. Um, you do see that they've developed a sense of understanding better their surroundings that they can survive, but 
as a general rule, it was the whole same formula, different plot line almost in this one. So it, it really was a lot of the same from the first. And that's not a bad thing because the first one was good. Um, and they did it different enough to where you don't feel like, did I see the exact same movie just 10 years later? But it really didn't. And I think that's why it didn't stand out is because they didn't do it much different than they did the first one. And um, yeah, it was just very, it was just very fine across the board, but still, I, I think that it would have been been basically the exact same if they didn't have those new characters added but yeah it just it didn't really nothing stood out to be like that was an amazing shot that was an amazing joke you know that was an amazing action sequence or anything like that nothing was over the top or beyond or above par for these types of movies and um so that's that's really my my biggest things with it are those and Again, like we were saying, like they just really gave so much away in the previews of this one of some of the jokes or it would have been nice to even be surprised by some of the characters that they were going to meet. Um, but all of the characters that they brought into the movie, you see them all in the trailer. And so it, it really does take away from some of those moments that could have been so much funnier if they had not given away what they were going to do with that. So... Yeah, I uh, I did think it was a little bit of a throw off with uh, Zoe Deutsch's character, like how they supposedly killed her. I did actually think that she was dead, <laughs> so I um, that that was a little bit of a throw off that she was still alive. But you're right, I did I did notice that that obviously was an allergic reaction, and it was not her turning into a zombie. So, um, but yeah, just kind of yeah, it just they gave away a lot of what was going to happen. So that's why there was no surprise element or anything that stood out above anything else. So Justin, your turn. All right. So, and, and at the beginning, when I started talking about this, I said something that I think just kind of mirrors in a lot of ways, what you guys were talking about in the dislike section, that this felt like a, like a DLC, like a downloadable content, addition to a game that you already have like you have your game and you go through the, your original mission but then they go oh if you download this expansion this dlc expansion it's gonna have uh you, there's a couple of new characters to play around with it's gonna have a couple of new bosses or new enemies and they're gonna be tougher and stronger and their hp is gonna be bigger and stuff like that and a lot of times with those downloadable contents it doesn't really it doesn't necessarily make the game worthwhile or it doesn't necessarily it's not like there's a dlc that comes out and everybody's like oh man you know the game was a zero but with this <laughs> dlc it's a 10 out of 10 it's an addition it's a fun distraction but ultimately if you have the core game that that's the experience and this dlc doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to make the game 10 times better it's just a nice distraction it's a nice added bonus and that's kind of what i see this movie as was it a necessary sequel no but it's just an added bonus it's just a nice to have it's just something where it's just some forgettable uh comedic just popcorn entertainment type of movie and that was the strength of the first one is that it was very comedic it knew what it was but at the same but at the time nine years yeah nine years ago it felt fresh it felt like something a little bit different it kind of had that Shaun of the Dead vibe kind of going for it and with all this other serious zombie stuff it was a welcome abandonment from that well now we're 10 years into the future and i think it's fair to say that we have been zombied out at this point you know a walking dead kind of lost its legs uh we've seen every other kind of zombie everything up until this point and the, the market flooded with a bunch of stuff like that 28 days 28 weeks this then the other the world war z this then the other so we have seen every kind of zombie in the book so so with this 
I, I, I think that they, uh, you know, if I was going to be a filmmaker and I was going to make this, I think that w the decision they made was the smartest decision. You, you know that the market has kind of run itself, has run its legs with this con with this concept. So you, so more of the same does seem like the smart choice. But unfortunately, if you're going to do more of the same, then you then we're going to compare you to other sequels. And yeah, this is not a great sequel. It's a fine addition. It's an it, it's a decent film. It's an OK sequel. It's definitely not one of the worst. But, you know, it, it's like downloadable content, man. So you get a couple of extra a few extra additional things in here that that are likable and that are funny and make for new gags and stuff like that but everything that you guys said as far as the dislikes i mean a lot you guys kind of took everything that i was going to say but just to kind of talk about the zombies i mean that's the biggest thing that i think i didn't like about it it was that the the lack of consistency with the zombies not clearly defining kind of or, or not clearly having continuity with all of those different zombies. Like you guys said, the, the ninja zombie was non-existent and definitely at the end, that barricade idea, if these T-800s are supposed to be smarter, faster and stuff like that, I just don't really see that idea working. And they kind of wrote themselves into a corner because Babylon was supposed to be kind of this pacifist, barricaded society. And, you know, it wasn't that the concept of Babylon is a bad one per se, but I think that maybe making that the final battle, like making that the final battleground, Babylon should have been kind of been a place that they visited and then, you know, shit kind of hit the fan and they were like, oh, crap, we got to get out of here. And then maybe you have the final confrontation be somewhere else. I think maybe the, the problem was that that was where the final confrontation was. So you're in a place you don't have any weapons and you kind of have to come up with this hokey plan to get rid of these uh, T-800 zombies who you showed earlier in the movie could take all these bullets and stuff like that. And you know, I get that the the logic or the way they explained it was just that the zombies evolved, and that was pretty much the only answer that we got. But it's Zombieland, man. I wasn't too caught up in the logic of things or how they were happening or or anything like that. Like the the Madison character was just dumb as hell. So. I liked the fact that everything about her was just dumb. The fact that she was living in this society and still alive is dumb. The fact that the peanut allergy kind of looked like a zombie, that she was having the zombie outbreak, but then it was just a peanut allergy. So for some dumb reason, she's still alive. You know, all of that was definitely in the spirit of that character. So to me, that was continuity given this universe, given this story. But where it ran into problems was definitely at the end with the Babylon. I think the final battle needed to be somewhere else. And I didn't like the 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 barricade plan because I do feel like after you built up these T-800s to be smarter and faster and stuff like that, there, there, there should have been, it should have taken a little bit more. There should have been a better plan uh, to take those zombies out. And other than that, uh, you guys already said it. The movie pretty much beat for beat when you just kind of simplify the whole concept it is the first movie, you know, like I kind of alluded to. It opens with the Metallica and slow motion killing and action happening, just like how the first movie opened. Then you have this uh, cast of people and then you have two people that are trying to get to a place where they surmise there are no zombies. And that was the whole idea about... Um, about Little Rock going with um, the other guy and going to Babylon is that apparently that they had heard there were no zombies there and zombies don't go over there and this is where we, we don't have to worry about zombies and it's barricaded off and we've got this and to me that was definitely similar to what uh, 
Little Rock and uh, Emma Stone's character were trying to get to in the carnival. It was the same kind of deal. We're trying to get to this carnival because there are no zombies there and we can have fun and stuff like that. So, you know, that that was beat for beat just like uh, part one. And I think that that's kind of the problem is that that is the inherent kind of caveat with the film like this is that it didn't do anything. It didn't try to be too over the top. It didn't try to break any boundaries. It just wanted to give you more of the same thing, which is fine. You know, I consumed it. It was fine. It was a fine distraction, just like a DLC. But you don't. But but you also can't earn any extra points for originality or breaking new ground or anything like that. So you know. So is it a respectable sequel? Yes, but it can't be a great sequel. It can't be one of those we come back to like, oh, and we're talking about another movie and we're like, oh, it's no zombie land too, because they did this, this and that. And they innovated this, this and that can't really say that with this movie. So it winds up landing somewhere in the middle which I would argue is probably what they were aiming for, given how played out the market for this is and given that we are 10 years later with this sequel. No, I definitely uh, understand some of what you're saying with that. I mean, one thing also with me, though, is this movie to me also didn't do a good enough job of justifying itself (laughs) being made 10 years later. Like, I understand that they... You know, the the writers for this went on to write Deadpool and Deadpool 2 and all this other stuff, but it, it just didn't feel like this movie would have been that hard to write in 10 years and also write both the Deadpool movies. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's just, it's the same fucking thing, and they just added a few things in, you know? And, and another thing that drove me nuts about this movie is I'm fucking tired of seeing movies about groups of people that have a falling out and they break apart and come together i mean we already saw that in the first fucking zombie land and that's one of the things i really loved about it's one of the uh, about guardians of the galaxy 2 you thought they were going to do that you know but they didn't do that the characters didn't you know have a falling out and they all went their separate ways and then they were like no we're better as a team and a family when they come back together like they just stayed together because i mean you never fucking see that every fucking group movie especially when they start calling themselves a fucking family (laughs) they break apart and come back together and just fuck they did it again like can we just not have that like it's not that hard to write that you just you know the scenes where they split up (laughs) just don't write those bam fix i mean i understand that they needed the false you know reason to get little rock out of there and all this to, to, to then get them to move you know to have the characters move and not just stay at the white house and stuff like that and i get that i just feel like they could have done that where you know they went for a supply run or something like that and they came across berkeley and berkeley came and stayed with them for a little bit and then him and little rock ran off together and then you could just have the other characters go search for her you know um because it's not because to me that that part of it didn't necessarily feel like them like breaking apart and coming back together because that part of it didn't naturally feel like somebody that's 22 and been with the same people for 10 years would want to do that part actually felt okay it's just that emma stone's character went off with her like i understand there was they, they did that whole marriage proposal thing and like but it just felt so weird for that to happen for her to just come back that apparently it's like three weeks later or however fucking long or time passed or who fucking knows like that part of it just made no sense to me and it just it's played out it's tiresome you know especially when they're talking about how zombies you know when they were getting kind of meta at the beginning and stuff like that like if you're going to talk about how there's like kind of an oversaturation with zombies and stuff like that so you're alluding to the fact that it's tired and played out why are you then going to also go in and just do some tired and played out tropes like just change that the fuck up too you know i don't know that just it's just frustrating is what it is <laughs> i did want to add one thing about the the t the t800 is that what they're called um i do like i totally agree about the whole like the end part when they were doing the barricade and everything but i i do know like there was that part when they first introduced the t800s where he's talking about how like all that they do is just they're focused on the one thing until they get to it kind of thing and so I guess I'm a little bit forgiving of them not like being like, oh, here's other people we can eat because if that was their 
not really mindset because they're zombies but if that was how they were geared is to just like focus on the one thing that they first found or they first saw and go after that then it makes a little sense i guess as to why that kind of like when um woody harrelson is leaving and he hits that one zombie with his car and then that zombie was a t-800 but he didn't go after woody harrelson he just continued on and focused on those fireworks because that was his goal was to get there so i guess like maybe that's what they were trying to do with that but it didn't it wasn't clear enough for that to be obvious and either way i mean zombies want to eat people so even if they are focused on the one thing if you're still surrounded by a bunch of other people that you can easily get to then why would you not if you're a zombie but you know what i mean so i guess like i just i was wondering if maybe that's what they were trying to do was show the whole like they're a bunch of t-800s they're focused on one thing and that's why they were all going after woody harrelson you know i get that but they started chasing woody harrelson especially because of the stuff on the stairwells that only means like 20 of those zombies were really focused on him true yeah the rest were kind of just going the direction that everyone else was going i mean that's my point is the fact that like i i the first few of them yeah sure it makes sense but you can't tell me the like the last like even just the last 20 of those zombies were focused on woody harrelson like how would they specifically know that that was the prey they wanted to get to so that part of it made no sense to me like it just yeah i'm like the logic only works for some of the characters or some of the zombies the logic doesn't dictate just the other hundred that also fell so right i don't know um i guess let's move on let's do our uh recommendations and scores uh justin go all right do i recommend it uh yeah pretty much i mean if you saw the first movie man you're you're probably gonna like some stuff in this one i mean you're probably gonna like most of it because like we just got through telling you a lot of this is pretty much the same a lot of it is beat for beat the same presentation same narration style same kind of meta jokes mixed with funny situations and you've got all of your and all of your actors return and they're and they're comfortable with these roles and they perform well and then there are a couple of new characters that come in and have some great scenes and provide some laughs. So to me, that's enough for you to go and just have a popcorn good time. And th- that's what Zombieland is. And they do accomplish that. So I think that if you're a fan of the first one, you'll you'll really enjoy this, especially if you're kind of one of those people, because there are fans and there are moviegoers that like it when sequels don't try to reinvent the wheel or don't try to break any new ground. I just want to see my same favorite characters doing more of the same shenanigans that they did in the first movie. There are those moviegoers that that that's what they want to see and if that's what you want to see then this is right up your alley and even if that's not you uh i i don't know who is the person who's going into zombie land uh zombie land too and expecting something earth shattering i just wonder who you are and uh, please manage your expectations but i think that most people will know and be aware of what they're walking into and honestly with this franchise and with these movies what you see is what you get and you get plenty of that in here um i'm going to give it 60 ninjas sneaking off to go kill other people that we didn't see off screen out of a hundred heather your recommendation and score yeah i would recommend it because i mean because it is so much like the first one i think if you you didn't see the first one it's not like you're going to be completely lost as to what's going on in this one but it's a more fun watch i think if you did see the first one it's um yeah i mean it's just one of those in a sense you know no pun intended mindless movies where you're just kind of like yeah it's something to watch it's kind of fun you know it's it's interesting enough to keep your attention and um i mean it's great casting honestly all around it's great casting and um yeah i i would recommend it uh i i think it's i think it's fun for all like i know um I saw it with a couple of people that one of them is not really into the whole zombie thing. And even with this, she was like, I don't really care for zombie stuff, but this is probably the best that I've seen of zombie stories, like meaning the zombie land, both of them saying like, I enjoyed these more than any other zombie things I've seen. 
which I think is true because they put like a funny spin on it, but um, they give you everything that you're looking for with how are they going to survive? What's their plan? They need to be on the move. So it gives you a little bit of uh, the humor plus the, the thriller part of it all in the action. So I do recommend it. Um, my score for this one, I'm going to give it, um, honestly, I'm, I'm going to say 73 uh, Terminator 2 quotes in honor of Flagstaff out of 100. Uh, for me, if you liked the first Zombieland, I guess go see it. Because, I mean, it's, it's the same fucking movie, pretty much. So, I mean, go watch it. It's fine. Um, if you haven't seen the first Zombieland, I mean, the fuck it. You might actually like this then because you haven't seen the first one. So, it's not the same movie for you. It's a brand new movie for you. Um, if you don't if you don't like Zombie Land, then of course just don't go see this because it's the same fucking movie. Um, I would say this, Heather. Uh, your friend that doesn't really like zombie stuff but likes this because it's kind of on the funnier side and stuff like that. They need to watch Shaun of the Dead because yeah, that's an overall better version of the comedic zombie thing anyway. Um, but I mean, it's just this movie's just a whole bunch of fine. It's not. I mean. I kind of disagree with Justin. I'm just for the whole, like, you know, you shouldn't be expect or anybody who shouldn't have gone into it, expecting something earth shattering. I, I still think you, you should have been able to go into it, expecting something different because that just didn't happen. But for the most part, I guess it does hit more than it misses. And I do understand that, uh, some of my hangups with this movie, uh, are probably going to be more just with me because they're things that probably just bothered me on a personal level. Just having to witness them actually happen on screen was just kind of just offensive somebody would actually write some of those things but like i said i understand i'm probably definitely in the minority uh with that um i think ultimately overall oh give this a 55 55 uh games of them playing magic because that's what's up <laughs> anything else guys no nope. thank you guys for listening to this episode of the cinema slayers podcast check us out on the internet www.cinemaslayers.com check us out on twitter and instagram which is cinema underscore slayers check us out on facebook which is cinema slayers podcast uh Check us out at the Southside Podfest on December 4th. We're doing our first live episode. It's going to be super awesome, super fun, and super cool. So you guys, especially if you're in the Chicagoland area, come out here. If you're not in the Chicagoland area, don't worry. We will be releasing that episode into our feed also. Or if you just want to be super awesome, fuck it. Come up here. Come to the show. It'll be cool. Uh, we will also be doing uh, a couple of other in-person podcasts because if you don't know this, we don't actually record in the same place as each other so we are going to have a couple episodes that will actually probably feel a little bit different just because we won't have some of the limitations we have now and so we're going to do some fun stuff with them uh we do know for a fact one of those podcasts will be the movie knives out so check that out when it comes out we will also be putting up a i don't want to say schedule but a list of movies and some of the topics and stuff like that of episodes of this podcast we will be doing pretty much for the rest of the year to kind of give you an idea of what episodes and bonus episodes and things like that we uh you have to look forward to so definitely uh check that out um we do have an episode coming out soon that will be uh a bonus episode it will be a halloween episode there'll be just in a couple of days after this one comes out um that we are looking for some fan interaction from you guys so hopefully you uh put your thoughts on this and maybe you'll hear them brought up in the podcast itself so definitely do that um if you have any ideas for movies or anything like that or just topics or in general that you'd maybe want to hear us do an episode or a bonus episode on feel free to email us at cinemaslayerspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on facebook twitter instagram just Send us a little note or post or anything, and we'll definitely keep that under consideration. Uh, we also do have some new merch with the new and improved logo on it. So uh, go to threadless no, cinemaslayers.threadless.com or go to cinemaslayers.com and look in the little top right-hand corner. You will see a little button that says merch. Click that, and it will automatically take you to our merch page. They do have some super soft shirts, and I'd really suggest those because they feel oh so good on the skin, and you're definitely going to want to know how that feels. So check that out. And... Other than that, guys, remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Bill Murray made coffee.